This is Lead Minister Nathan Pelahowski of RSCC. I just want to welcome you to the RSCC podcast. Here's something I want you to know. I want you to know that you matter. Not because I say you matter, but because God says that you matter when he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Today I hope this message challenges you and encourages you to take your next faith step. Well, good morning. Hey, let's give our hands together for the worship team today. They, they killed it this morning. It's going to be hard to match that, but we're, we are going to try. Hey, another exciting thing. It must be a little full in here because we got family sitting in the front row today, so it's awesome, right? Getting more full. Hey, we're at this series. Uh, my, well, first of all, my name is Nathan, if you're new here. We're in this series called At the Movies, and we've been looking at different movies, and today, as you just watched, uh, we're going to be talking about soul, but uh, I want to ask you to do something for me next week. I don't know if Adam mentioned it or not, but next week, I want you to do this for me. I want you to come rocking your best 90s gear. We're going to be talking about uh, it's, it's not from the 90s, but it's about the 90s. So I want to see how good y'all look back in the day. So go ahead, you know, p- go through the closet, pull out some clothes that's from the 90s and, and just dress up or wear the same thing you're already wearing because it might be 90s anyways. I don't know. But show up like the 90s next week and I promise you it will be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting and it's going to be a good conversation. But today we're going to talk about Soul. Now Soul was a movie. Um, I didn't have a lot of movies to choose from the last year. A lot of movies got delayed and didn't come out. I didn't want to do movies that were in theaters because they would ruin it for all of you and then you'd be mad at me. So Soul was by default one of the new movies that came out and we always try to do a kids movie or two and it was one of the most popular Pixar movies that came out on Disney Plus if you have it. Um, But it's an interesting movie. I'm going to be honest. The first time I watched Soul, I fell asleep. And I thought the movie was about something else, so I had to rewatch it last week, and it was not about what I thought it was, so then I had to redo this whole sermon. So we're, it's a great movie, and I want to be honest, as you're watching Soul, it, it, there's going to be some things, a lot of things, that Christians don't agree with, especially when it comes to regards of your soul, of afterlife. It, it, there's a lot of bad theology in it, um, but what it does do is it, it's a conversation starter. And I, I watched Soul, and, and I thought this to myself, if Disney is talking about this, it must be a big issue. Because, you know, one thing that soul does do is it does show you that pop culture believes in the afterlife, right? And we've been saying that for years, like, duh, like, Jesus has been saying that for thousands of years. God's been saying that forever. But soul shows you that pop culture is even starting to talk about things that, that are very biblical things. They would never say it. But so soul's a great conversation starter for families, for you. It gets you thinking. One thing that soul does do, that as it gets a lot wrong, it does affirm life and the existence of purpose and meaning, and, and we all can agree with that. So let me tell you a little bit about soul. Soul is a movie um, about Mr. Gardner, Mr. G, Joe Gardner, played or voiced by Jamie Foxx, and, and Mr. Gardner is a middle school band teacher, and that is what he's doing. He, he's not even full-time yet, but he's part-time, and then eventually he becomes full-time. But he's a middle school band teacher, and it's not really fulfilling him. And maybe you're, the, maybe you're like him, and like whatever you're doing in life right now or how you're living isn't fulfilling you. Well, Joe is not fulfilled. Mr. G is not fulfilled being a middle school band teacher. And he's just looking for more in life. And his life isn't a fairy tale. It's very, uh, if you could say one word, it's mundane. It's very ordinary. Nothing out of the, you know, nothing extraordinary is happening. But what he's really looking for in life is purpose. 
He's looking for meaning. And, and he's looking for something that's going to fill a void that he thinks he has. And, and he, he thinks it's going to be becoming a big time jazz artist. That's what he thinks. So one day he gets a phone call from a former student and says, Mr. G, Dor D this jazz artist with the last name Williams, she's a big time jazz artist. She lost her piano player. And, and the student says, Mr. G, if you get down here, I know you'll kill the audition and you can get the job. So he rushes to the audition and he kills it. He he gets the gig. It's the, the biggest moment of his life. This is the moment he's been waiting for. And as he's celebrating in the movie, you see that he walks into a manhole and his body goes into a coma on earth, but his soul goes somewhere else. And this is where it gets a little weird, so stick with me. His soul goes to what's called the great beyond, the afterlife. And, and he gets there and he says this, he goes, I am not dying today, not dying today when my life finally starts. So he runs from the great Beyond, you know, the great beyond the afterlife to something called the great before. Stick with me. I know it make, doesn't make sense. We'll get there. The great before. And the great before in the movie is this area where souls are. It's souls who don't have a body yet. And there he meets a soul who doesn't want to go into a body, doesn't want to go on earth. And her name or the soul's name was 22. And so 22 and Mr. G go on this journey to getting Mr. G's soul back in his body. While they're doing that, they learn of something, and it's really what we're going to talk about today, called the spark. They learn that every single person, every single soul has a spark. And a spark is that one thing that will, the, the thing or one thing that will bring them joy in life and give them purpose. And Mr. G's like, I haven't found my purpose yet. I need to get back to earth. I need my soul to go back to my, to my body. So they go on this journey. And what they realize throughout the movie is that life is really found in the mundane, ordinary things. And they said that lying is, is all this living worth dying for. And Mr. G's didn't know, but by the end of the movie, he's like, absolutely. The life that I have is a good life. And, and so they go on this journey to finding Mr. G and getting Mr. G's body back in his soul back in his body, and they end up doing it. And it's a kind of, it's a cute movie, it's a short movie. Um, it, it's not, it's kind of like the anti-Disney movie, because it talks about a little bit more than just a fairy tale. And, and it shows us a couple things. It shows us that death is unavoidable. Right? We realize that. And, and that life is precious. And how we live really does matter. And as I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking about it and, and I'm like, man, I, I can't believe I thought this was about something else when I watched it the first time and it's not really about that. I thought to myself, I bet you, because I, I've talked with many of you and I read books and I have friends and I live life and I, I think there's a lot of us who have a little bit of Mr. G in us that we live that way. And maybe, maybe you're not there right now, and maybe so some of this really not, won't hit home to you. But what I encourage you to do is, is pay attention because someone you know is living this way, and, and this message will encourage them. This message may encourage you. And, and I think many of us are like Mr. G, and we kind of live with this mindset that whenever, whatever it is, like what, whenever I get more money, whenever I get this accomplishment, whenever I really find my, my purpose or my meaning, then my life will be meaningful. Then I'll have my spark. We're going to say that word a lot today because it's in the movie. The spark, that whenever this happens, and we often say like, well, it's not currently happening, so whenever my money changes, or whenever I, you know, I, I get, when I get married, or whenever I get married then have kids, or whenever I get that different house, or that different car, or whenever I, I I reach this success or I get this job, whenever this happens in my life, then it'll be meaningful. Then I'll have that spark. 
And, and most of us, if we're honest, we're like, well, it's not the life that I'm currently living. And, and, and I, I like the word spark because remember, the spark is the one thing or the thing that you think will bring meaning and purpose to your life. And I believe if you look around, so many people are, are looking for that spark that many of us are living a life looking for that spark, meaning purpose, you know, meaning and purpose. That's what we're looking for. And we convince ourselves, and I, I don't know why, but we convince ourselves that that spark or, or the, what we're looking for, that, that, that void we're trying to fill, isn't found in our current life circumstances. It's not found in the life we're currently living. In the movie, Joe was so convinced that his life that he was living didn't have purpose and meaning. Meanwhile, he's missing this, that, that a former student called him. He missed that there was a student that wanted to quit band, but having a conversation with her, she didn't quit. That he missed that in the life that he was living right now, there was purpose and meaning. But so many times we convince ourselves, man, this life that I have right now, my current circumstances, my singleness, not having a kid, not having the house I want, the job I want, the success I want, there's really no purpose, no meaning to it. Yeah, I have fun and I enjoy things, but I feel empty. So I want to ask a question, and maybe this question doesn't apply to you, maybe it does. But what is the one thing that would really give your life meaning and purpose right now? What's the one thing? What do you think, if this changed, then your life would be better? Or if this happened then I, 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 that's the life that I want. And I don't know your answers. You don't know my answer. But what's interesting about a question like this, if, I, if you jumped in a time machine and looked back five years ago, your answer is five years ago probably would not be the same answer it is today. What you thought five years ago would give you purpose and meaning probably didn't fill the void like you thought it would. If you jumped in the future and go five years from this moment forward, in five years if I was to ask you the question again, I bet you your answer would not be the same. What we do is we constantly move this finish line. I'm going to get this, and I'm going to get this, and I'm going to get this. So you know what we do? We get married. We're like, all right, that's going to give me purpose and meaning. And then you're like, I want to get married, and I want to have a kid. All right? And then you're like, we're going to buy a house. And you didn't buy a house. And you're like, uh, I don't like this house. It only has one bathroom. I need another bathroom. And I need a garage. And then like, I got this job, but it doesn't fulfill me. I need this job. And we're constantly moving that finish line. And what we find is that often the things that we chase and 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 we run after, well, those don't really give you spark at all, do they? They bring a little bit of happiness. Might bring some more money. Might bring some more stuff. But it doesn't fill this, this need and this longing in your life. That's what soul teaches us. And here's what's awesome. There's a perfect biblical case study for this. Like, it's, like, it's almost like they take this and you can make a movie out of it. And it's the perfect case study. And it's found in the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's looking at the life of a man named Solomon. So if you've got your Bible today, we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 for the most part. We'll jump around a little bit. But uh, King Solomon was the son of King David. And, and King David, if you know what, was the king after God's own heart. He, he was a, uh, the greatest king of Israel. And Solomon comes on and Solomon wants to follow in his dad's footsteps. And Solomon is given wisdom by God, and, and he becomes a strong and powerful king. And his kingdom at one time was so powerful, and then eventually it falls, but that's another story for another time. But he, here's a man. I just want you to put this in perspective. 
He's wealthy, he's wise, and he has the greatest kingdom in the world. He has anything that he could ever imagine. And this is what he writes. He writes a book called Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes is a wisdom book. And how I describe wisdom literature is that you are supposed to read it and learn something from it. So this is what he says. A man who has everything that he ever wanted. These, the words of the, the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. So he's introducing himself. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Really happy, right? Welcome to church. Everything that you're doing is meaningless, he says. He's like the wisdom, the money, the kingdom, the girls, the wives, the entertainment. It is all meaningless. What we're going to look at today is that Solomon's pursuit of everything that he could imagine leads him to this feeling of meaninglessness. He has everything he ever wanted. Everything that he ever thought he could want. He has and he feels like it's all meaningless. So let's jump to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And we're going to look at his life. And we're going to look at what he does and what he chases after. And what he tries to accomplish in his life. And what he says about it all. So he goes, I, I said to myself, come. Now I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also provided to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? And he continues. I tried cheering myself with wine. So here's what he's doing. Uh, I, I tried cheering myself with wine. I, I self-medicated this meaningless, this emptiness, this void in my life with wine and embracing folly. My mind's still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for the people to do under the heavens in the few days of their lives. He's like, I, I tried to self-medicate with wine, and, and that gave me a buzz for a little while. But eventually that buzz wore off, and we, we do the same thing. We try to self-medicate maybe with money or uh, accomplishment or success or stuff. And he's like, the buzz wore off from this. It lasted for a little while. But then it gave me the feeling that I was looking for. So he continues in verse 4. He goes, I, I undertook great projects. I built houses. Not just a house. Houses for myself and planted vineyards. Right? He's going to plant vineyards to have a bunch of wine, a bunch of parties. I, I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water grooves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also own more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers in a harem as well as the delights of a man's heart. I built houses, not just one house, houses. I threw massive parties. I had more stuff than anybody that I ever knew before me. I, I had the best entertainment. I had hundreds of thousands of wives. It was I did everything that I could possibly imagine. You got to think of this in modern day. He had, he, he's a billionaire. Richer than Bill Gates. And he builds this massive kingdom with everything he can imagine. Here's what happens next. He goes, not only did I buy whatever I wanted... I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I built the best of the best of the best. It's not just a little kingdom. My kingdom that you thought, my dad's kingdom that you thought was so great, my kingdom became greater. And all this wisdom, and, and all this my wisdom stayed with me. 
I, de- I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor. And this was the reward for all my toil. So again, he's just telling us here, I, I'm looking for purpose and meaning. And I am, I am becoming greater than anyone before me had ever become. And here's how he felt. Listen to, listen to his answers. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. I thought this would fill me. I thought this was going to give me purpose and meaning. But when I surveyed all that my, ha- my hands had done, nothing was gained under the sun. And, and we're probably thinking, because this is what I'm thinking, like, dude, Solomon, um, no offense, bro, but if you can't be happy with all that, I think I could be happy with all that. I think I could do a little bit better. God, go ahead and give me all that Sol- Solomon had, and I'll test it out for myself and see if it works, right? Like, Solomon, you must not be doing it right, man. And what we see here, and it's so important, is that more doesn't equal purpose or meaning. Doesn't equal, equal purpose or meaning. See, I, I would bet that whenever you answer that question, what, what is the one thing that would give you purpose or meaning right now? It had to do with more, right? And the sense of, of more could be new, like a, a better house with more room, uh, a new car with, you know, more stuff, uh, more money, or more life circumstances, like I'm single and I want to be married, or I'm married and I want to have kids, right? It, it, it's probably, your answer probably involved more. But more doesn't always equal purpose or meaning. We think it does. More success, more accolades, more money, more things, then we'll have more meaning, or we'll fulfill, we'll, fill, we'll fill that void in our lives. And in Seoul, that's exactly what Mr. Joe wanted. What was his more? His more was his big break. So he gets it. And I want to show you a clip of what happens after he gets his big break. Gotta get to bed. We old. <laughs> you play a hundred shows and one of them is killer. You don't get many like tonight. Yeah. So, uh, what happens next? We come back tomorrow night and do it all again. What's wrong, Teach? It's just I've been waiting on this day for my entire life. It's... I thought I'd feel different. I heard this story about a fish. He swims up to this older fish and says, I'm trying to find this thing they call the ocean. The ocean, says the older fish. That's what you're in right now. This, says the young fish, this is water. What I want is the ocean. See you tomorrow. He plays the biggest show of his life. He accomplishes everything that he thought was going to give him purpose and meaning. And do you catch what he said? Is this it? I thought it would feel different. Anybody ever been there? 
You saw it like, okay, when this happens, all right, like I've been waiting my whole life for this. When this happens, then I'm going to, mm, life is going to be awesome. Like I just need my big break. I just need that house. I just need that, that marriage. I just need that kid. I need whatever. And you get it. And you feel like it wasn't what you thought. Yes, it made you happy for a little while. It gave you some success. It filled a void for a short time. But, but it wasn't what you thought. Like, Joe's like, listen, like, this is my big break. I, I, I've been trying to get back in the movies. Like, I got to get back to my life because this thing is my spark. This is my purpose. I got to play in this show. And then he gets it. It's like, this is it? That's all there is? Are you kidding me? Solomon did the same thing. If you go verse, back to verse 10, my favorite verse of it all, he goes, I denied myself nothing, right? Many of us were like, I want to deny myself nothing, right? And, and, and I got everything my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. And what happens? Solomon, he, he's like, I had fun and I had joy and I enjoyed the women. I enjoyed the parties. I enjoyed the wine. I enjoyed the, the vineyards. I enjoyed everything I had. But at some point, as an older man, he wakes up one day and I imagine that he walks to his balcony and he looks out on his kingdom. This amazing big kingdom. And here's a man with more money than Bill Gates, more wisdom than Albert Einstein, bigger parties than Charlie Sheen and the Kardashians, probably more girls than 90s boy bands. And he looks at his kingdom. And what does he feel? Is this really it? Man, this doesn't feel like what I thought it would. Like, I got, I got the house. They don't have cars. I got the donkeys. I got the horses. I got the parties. I got the wives. I got the money. Yet when he looked at it all and, and thought about his kingdom, it was empty. And it didn't give him the purpose he was looking for. Maybe that's you. Maybe right now you, you, you think it's something, and maybe I've done the same thing. I've convinced myself so many times in my life, I can't tell you how many times I've convinced myself that when I finally get whatever it is, then life is finally going to be like, all right, that's it. And then that finish line moves. And so we run, and we run, and we run, and we chase after, after the end of the rainbow. And then, you know, so we run and we grind and we work and we, and we, we neglect our family, we neglect our friends, we, we do think we put chasing money or success or something else above all else. And Solomon's like, listen, I, I know you're chasing for the end of the rainbow, that pot at the end of the rainbow, right? But he's like, trust me, it's not cracked up to what it's, it's not all, it doesn't live up to the hype. It's not what I thought it would be. And what soul teaches us, and I think it's such a profound, and this isn't going to be an incredibly deep spiritual conversation, but it's so practical to our lives in living for the glory of God. And soul teaches this, that it's a, it is possible to fulfill all your dreams and miss out on life. It's possible to fulfill all your dreams and miss out on life. And you know who said the exact same thing? Jesus. Mark, Mark, in Mark, the Gospel of Mark, he says this, chapter 8. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? What good is it? What good is it to run and run and run and run and run and run and strive and strive and strive? To get the houses, get the cars, get the accomplishments, get everything you ever thought you wanted, yet in the process forfeit your soul. 
Because often what you'll find is you're running that rat race to get whatever you wanted. You forfeit your soul. So Jesus comes onto the scene. And he sees the world, and it's a world where people are people, and, and just like us, it just looks different, that people are striving. They're trying to build their own life. They're trying to gain the whole world, like Solomon, gain everything under the sun. And he says, there's a different way to living. There's a different way to find purpose. There's a different way to find meaning. There's a different way to find your spark. And it doesn't look like what anyone has ever told you before. So he goes on a mountainside, and we've talked about it. We call it the goat of all sermons, the greatest sermon of all time. And, and he's talking to his disciples, and scholars believe that there's an audience gathered there. And he says something. And it's one line, and it really sets the tone for everything. He says this in Matthew chapter 6. But seek first, so, but seek first his kingdom, his kingdom, God's kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And I can't talk about all these things too much, but it does not mean that you'll get everything you've ever wanted. It means you will find that purpose and meaning in your life. That's what all these things are. God will do something amazing through your life. It's called a kingdom uh, you know, economy, a kingdom economy. It looks different than our economy. We can't talk much about that today. But he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, all the void you're looking for, all the emptiness you're looking for, God will fulfill you with those. Seek first his kingdom, his kingdom, his kingdom. What's Jesus saying? He's like, I see you out there. I see you running and grinding and working hard. And I, I see you chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing. You, and you're looking for purpose and you're looking for meaning. Here it is. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Jesus says, don't get caught up. In the rat race of chasing more money, more success, bigger things, new things. Seek first God's kingdom. And there's kind of an implication here. That you either are seeking first your kingdom, all the things you want, all the things I want. Or you're seeking first his kingdom. And this is a choice, you know, this choice to seek the, first the kingdom of God or our kingdom is a choice we make every single day. It's, it's every day you wake up, you, you make this choice. And, and Jesus said, like, listen, I, I know what's at stake here. Your soul's at stake. Because when you're chasing your kingdom first, there's no room for God's kingdom. And when you're chasing all the things that you want and not worried about what God wants, you're going to miss out on life. You're going you're gonna to ultimately miss all the things that you think are going to give you purpose but they're not. So he's like, you're chasing after money. You're chasing after success. You're like, that's going to fill the void. And he's like, listen, it's not. It's fleeting. And that's why the finish line always moves. And that's why you're always on to the next. Seek first his kingdom. And it comes with a question. He's like, you want to find purpose? You want to find spark? And it's like he's almost asking a question. He doesn't write this in there. He doesn't say it. But it's kind of like the implication in my mind. And here it is. Are you wholeheartedly devoted to me? Do you trust that I can fill the void? Do you trust that I can be enough? Do you trust that I can give you purpose and meaning? That's what he's saying. And notice he doesn't say seek first God's kingdom 90% and your kingdom 10%. God's kingdom 60%, your kingdom 40%. Or 50-50. He's like, no, no. Wholeheartedly, 100%. Because half-hearted devotion is not devotion, is it? It's not devotion. So Jesus, seek first God's kingdom. 
Uh, that's things like forgiveness and, and love and living to the standards of Jesus. Living the way he's called us to live. Chasing after the things that God has called us to chase after and live the way God has called us to live. But do it full, wholeheartedly. And you see people like Peter who write and talk about this. Who wholeheartedly were devoted to Christ and they gave their life to die. There's a man like Paul who wrote much of the New Testament in letters, and, and he wholeheartedly gave his life to Christ, and he died for it. But in one of his letters, he, he's talking to a group of Christians, and, and they're newer to faith, and they're struggling with some things, and, and what they're really struggling with is, should they eat this food that's sacrificed to idols, and like, it doesn't really apply to us, but there's a bigger implication to it. And this is what he, Paul says in a letter to the, the church in Corinth. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You want purpose? You want spark? Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Your purpose, your meaning, is to do whatever you do for the glory of God. The ultimate purpose of your life and my life is not about you. You exist for the glory of God. And I know it's so backwards, and I know Disney doesn't teach this, I know Hollywood doesn't teach this, and culture doesn't teach this, but our purpose is to do whatever we do for the glory of God. And, and God says this in Isaiah, he says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, so if you came in here today, you're like, I don't know what my purpose, I don't know what my, my meaning is, I don't know what my spark is. You came here today to find that. And God's saying, listen, it's glorifying me in all you do. So the, the implication is in seeking first God's kingdom and doing it all for the glory of God is every day you wake up, you say, okay, how can I glorify God? I, when, I, when, I, when I'm talking to my kids, how can I glorify God? When, when I'm at work and I might hate my job. But remember, your job is not your purpose. Your purpose is to glorify God. So, how do I glorify God in this job even I don't like? And what the, there's an implication that, that even when we're doing the ordinary mundane things, we can still glorify God. So we can glorify God even in the mundane. Well, I wanted to bring this up because the ultimate, pur the ultimate meaning and purpose behind the movie of Soul is this, that life is often lived in the glorious mundane. Like we chase and we chase and we chase for the big moments, but it's often lived in the glorious mundane. Not the next big success or big event. And I think it's like this, like most of your life is not lived on vacation, is it? It's lived in between vacations, right? Like, like I got to get to the next moment, you know, Christmas break, Thanksgiving, you know, fall break. I get to go on these vacations, right? But most of life is not lived on vacations, lived in the ordinary things that you do every single day. And most of your life and my life is lived in the glorious mundane. And in the mundane, it feels like there's no purpose or meaning. But what if what really gave us purpose and meaning was found in the mundane things? Forgiving someone. That seems ordinary. Loving the people around you. Having a conversation with your kids at dinner. Meeting with a friend over coffee to talk about what they're going through in their life. What if that is what life's all about? 
And I wonder how many moments of your life are you missing, chasing something that isn't going to fill you? How, how, how many moments of life are we just missing in the mundane where we can be living for God's glory, but we're just chasing, chasing, chasing? And, and we're working hard, and we're working extra hours, and our faces are in our phones, and we're just missing what God is trying to do. And I just wonder how many people are, is God trying to wake up saying, listen, you think your purpose is in your job or your bank account or your success, but it's not. Your purpose is in living a life that glorifies me every day, even in the mundane, even in the ordinary. My life is to glorify God. You know, and I, I thought about this in, I started thinking about my life and seeing people who do this. And I, and I thought back to my church in Hersher, Illinois, HCC. And there was this lady. She was, she was old then and, and she's still doing the same thing. So she's really old now, I guess. I don't know. She seemed like uh, she was there forever at my church. But whenever we were there, so my church, is kind of like this church. Uh, we had, a, but our, our, you know, our gym was a sanctuary. And so we, we were able to go play basketball there all the time. And it's like whenever we were at church, whether Sunday morning or Sunday night for youth group, Alice was there. And what Alice was doing was Alice was, you know, cleaning toilets, changing toilet paper. Like, uh, she was sweeping floors. Like, she was just there working all the time. And I'm like, what is, who would do this? Like, why would you do this? And I remember Tyson, my minister, is telling me one time, and it's like, listen, that is what it looks like. That is what it looks like to glorify God in all you do. That's what it looks like. He's like, listen, this is what Alice does, and no one knows it. She's like, and this is so, it's so funny, because she did this. I, I always wonder who did this. She's like, he's like, you know the little triangle at the end of the toilet paper? You know who does that every week? Alice. You know who cleans the toilet every week? Alice. Right? And he's like, listen, that's what it looks like to glorify God in all you do. And I'm thinking, like, dude, like, all she's doing is cleaning toilets, Tyson. Like, she's doing that. I don't want to do that. Like, I'm glad she does that. But what, what God was trying to teach me then, and maybe what you need to hear today, it, it's not what we do, but that we do it for God's glory. It's not what you do, right? Because, again, you may have a job that you don't think is your purpose, and that's fine. It's not what we do, but that we do it for the glory of God. That everything we live and everything we do is for the glory of God. And what's awesome is, you know, Alice does that in, in Hersher, but there's people who do that here. Every day, it seems like every day when I come into work, there's a car at the free store. I don't know what they're doing in the free store. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're taking food, but I don't think they're taking food. They're bringing food in or they're stocking food, right? There's someone at church every single week who waters plants or, or makes sure the plants in front of the church looks good. There's a family that makes sure every single week that they come and put up the chairs that you're sitting in. There's a family that also puts the communion on the chairs. I know you don't like the communion, but there's still a family who puts it on the chairs, Right? That's what it looks like to glorify God. And there's people who do it all the time. All the time. And that is what God is trying to say. That gives you more purpose and meaning than your bank account. That gives you more purpose and meaning than that next big success you think you need. So what, what we see is that when we wake up, we should say, how am I honoring God? How am I honoring God? And that there's no task too small or too routine to reflect God's glory and worth. That's your spark. That's your purpose. And at the end of the movie, 
um, there's a scene, and we're not going to show it for the sake of time, that, but Joe thinks that, his, he eventually thinks that his soul isn't going to be able to get back to earth. That it's, it's dead, and he's done, he's done for, and he's going to go to the great beyond. But then all of a sudden, the twist, right? Oh, Pixar with a twist. He gets to go back to life, and they're like saying, hey, you get a second chance. And it's this implication of, don't mess it up. Don't miss it. Don't leave here in this moment living the same way you did when you got here. And right now, we have the same chance as Joe. You can come here and you can be like, I hate this series. We're talking about movies. And you can one, in, in, one ear and out the other and leave. Nothing changes. Right? You can do that. You can forget everything I say. You can go on with your day. You can go home, watch the Bengals lose because that's probably what they're going to do. Right? You can do all that. Or right now is a chance to change our pursuit. Right? It's a pursuit issue. Remember? It's pursuing the wrong kingdom. And live a life that glorifies God above all else. We can live, we can leave and do that. There's a book, and I've shared this with you before, called Driven for Eternity. And in the book, they, they give us a scenario. So I want you to imagine how you live the next 24 hours dictates how you spend the next thousand years. I want you to, so how you live now, from this moment now to, to the same time tomorrow, dictates your next thousand years. Now, if that was the thing, you're going to live with purpose, you're going to live with meaning, you're not going to leave it up for accident, right? You're going to live in a certain way that your, your next thousand years are good, right? That's what you're going to do. What's awesome is that that imagery is the same thing Scripture tells us. In the, in the book of James, it says that your life is but a mist. I mean, it's basically here and it's gone, it's a it's hundred years at the most, right? It's here one day and it's gone the next. But how you live in that mist, which would be equivalent to that 24-hour scenario, how you live in that mist, how you follow Jesus, how you parent, how, how you treat people, what kingdom you pursue determines your forever. We can say it this way, your now determines your forever. Your now determines your forever. How you live now in this life with, with, with the days that you are given determines your forever. And what's awesome is God says, listen, how you live now determines your forever. And I want, I want to help you live in such a way that it determines your forever. And it starts with my son, Jesus. And he says, my son, Jesus, is the way, the truth, and the life. You want to know how to get to eternity? You want to know how to live forever with me? It's Jesus. And he goes, live in such a way, even in the mundane, live in such a way that you pursue my kingdom above all else. Live in such a way that glorifies me above all else. Accept my son as your Lord and Savior, and your now will determine your forever. Because one day, one day, we'll all step into eternity. That's the truth, right? Soul teaches that. Bible teaches that. Scripture teaches that. But we don't think about eternity. We think about now. But the reality is, is about every three seconds, every one second, three people step into eternity. Right? Step into eternity. Every four days, over a million people step into eternity. One day, you and I will step into eternity. We'll be face to face with God and we'll be judged according to how we lived. And he will say two things. Either, well done, good and faithful servant, or I didn't know you. And how you live now determines that answer. And God says, through Jesus, you have an opportunity to live forever with me. Now, soul never gives you the answer to what meaning and purpose is. But that's why we don't rely on soul. We rely on scripture. We rely on the gospel. And the gospel does. Here's what gives you purpose. And here's what gives you spark. Live a life that honors God in all you do. 
That's where you'll find your spark. Not your bank account, not your success, not if you're married or single, not how many kids you have, but to live glorifying God, even in the mundane, even in ordinary, where most of our lives are lived. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful that you give us purpose and, and meaning and that we exist to glorify you. God, also in Ecclesiastes, it says that you set eternity in our hearts, that we know deep down that there's eternity, we will spend eternity somewhere. That every day when we're living in the ordinary and the mundane has eternal implications, God. So I pray that we, we take advantage of these moments that you give us that, that we think don't give us purpose or meaning, but through Christ there is meaning. God, and I pray that we leave here no longer thinking it's our job or our success or our marital status that's going to give us the, this, this void that we're, we're searching for. God, but it's you. It's Jesus. And I thank you so much for that. So, Father, is there anybody here today who wants to, maybe for the first time, to step into a relationship with Jesus? God, I want to have a conversation with them. God, we want you to move in their life. We want the Spirit to, to prompt them to take that next step. God, I thank you for the stories in this room. God, I thank you for the people who live every day glorifying God, glorifying you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. It's been great hanging out with you guys today. I hope that message challenges you and encourages you today. We would love to have you on campus sometime at one of our services at 8.30 or 10.45 on Sunday. Or to find out more information about RSEC, you can always go to the RSEC Family app. Or follow us on any social media platform at RSEC Family. Most of all, remember, you matter. Not because I say you matter, but because God says you matter. Now go and be blessed.